Hello, welcome to episode number 301 of the Apple Up Podcast. I am your host, Simon. Had 301 episodes. My goodness me. That's a lot of talking. That's over 300 and something hours. 300 hours. I, I wouldn't be able to hear myself talk for 301 hours. But I think of my, you know, whatever, years go by and I'm in the dirt or somewhere, then someone can listen to 300 hours of me talking about me. Interesting. Weird. As if we still have the internet and the zombies haven't run the run uh, run over the wall and killed us all. But you know what? I digress. This podcast is brought to you in part by AIXDSP.com. Get affordable and useful plugins. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your mix at all time. Click the link in the description for more information. Amazon can go kick rocks. Patreon, don't please support my work on Patreon. That's if the, if anybody wants to help support me, do it that way. Go to patreon.com slash applog, A-P-O-L-O-G-U-E. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Dot com is dot C-O-M. Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel at any time. Buy a t-shirt by going to appalock.ca slash shop. Don't forget to subscribe and rate review the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. Like and share on Facebook and now Instagram. Um, Facebook.com slash Pod and my Twitter and Instagram actually is at SimonHead666. Today on the show, I have Mr. Scott Rudinsky. Scott Rudinsky is the singer of the band Pulley. He's the original member of a band called Ten Foot Pole. Uh, Dennis has been on the show many, many times. Scott and I have never actually really met in person, so I thought it was very, very nice to meet somebody who's been this long in the biz and in the in in the industry of entertaining people. Scott's a good guy, and I really enjoyed this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Scott Rudinsky, the singer of the band Pulley. Oh, they're putting, a, they're putting an acoustic EP out, by the way, and all the information will be in the description of the podcast. So there again, let's start again. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Scott Rudinsky of Pulley and other things on the Apologue Podcast. No, I go for the freest possible way to uh, to do Smart. this whole thing. Yeah, free is the best. Just like someone says, what are the best guitar strings out there? I say free ones. They're the best ones. They're the best exactly. ones. Uh, exactly. free, free beer is my favorite flavor. Um, yeah. I'm with you. Free food, et cetera. Free food, all that. <laughs> um, I don't think we've ever met, but you've you've been around for ages, and I've been around for a while. And I mean, I'm from Toronto, so there would have been times we'd see each other at the Opera House or something like, hey. And it'll be real fast. Yeah, it's uh, it's possible. Um, yeah. I, I was reading up on you, and uh, I got to admit, I'm kind of quite jealous. Did Did you ever come out with SNFU to the to the summer nationals in LA by any chance? Or that was before me. Oh, okay. that was with Limo. Limo had been on those. Limo, Limo was there. Oh, I knew Limo at that time, but yeah. I think he was still doing no effects at that time, or started had already been doing no effects. Yeah, he was flipping and flipping over, and like, and it got to the part the second half of the voted tour. Limo had to go out with no effects. And then so 
I played in a band called Trigger Happy, and yeah. Trigger Happy were friends with Dave Fortune, and Dave Fortune managed us in a few. And I, I wasn't actually even was I even in Trigger Happy at that point? I think I was just no, I was when, in another when, band. Yeah. When when were you in Trigger Happy? Uh, nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety one or two, and then uh, uh, so, yeah. so that would that would have been before we played with. I just remember Al and yeah. What was the drummer's name? Yard. And then was there was Yard? a few drummers actually. Uh, Yard was the original drummer who used to be in a few. This would, of... this would have been a guy somewhere around the mid nineties. Oh, Wally. Wally, yeah, the skater. <laughs> yeah. Loved Wally. Wally, Wally's nuts. Wally was is the well. There's a long story involved, but uh, we got in a van crash, and then Yard, who was the drummer, quit, and then I just play, started playing drums. I was originally a bass player. And then I joined a band out in Winnipeg called Red Fisher, and then Wally joined. And that's how oh, all that okay. kind of went together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I was home around 95, and that's when I got a call from Dave Fortune. Like, hey, SNFU is looking for a guy, and I kind of got the, I got bigged up from Mr. Al Nolan, and then uh, I was on tour with him for almost six years, actually, uh, uh, you know, all the way up until like early 2000s. Yeah, good times. It was it was. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, man. So I mean, we we've both sort of been around the biz and been around, and punk rock has always sort of been something that I've sort of fallen back on, just to sort of punk rock provides, right? Like we're a little older now, so I think you you, you kind of look ahead and see people, and you kind of give them the wink. They kind of have the same vibe. We're on the same team, so to speak. And uh, oh, for sure, yeah. um, it definitely provides. It's it, you know, it it is what we are. <laughs> yeah like it, now like when you go into the real world and you sort of see somebody and you go you see a bit of a just a hint of a neck tattoo and you go uh, yeah, I think, I think. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're similar we're similar yeah uh, yeah so uh yeah yeah and so how yeah man so how is how's it been going with this thing with the is, thing as in the pandemic yeah or? the thing i don't like to call it anything but the thing oh well I like that. Let's call it the thing. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, to be honest with you, in the beginning, it was kind of strange because it was there was a lot of unknown and, and a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of just uh, sudden change, you know, almost overnight change. And, and it happened so fast. Um, and, you know, uh, for, a, you know, from a business side of things, things started to kind of slowly dissipate and postpone and 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 whatnot um you know but from a from a personal level i i i kind of enjoyed it myself um you know more time at home more time with my family there was just uh less stuff to do um i'm not mr social guy anyway so i didn't feel like i was missing out on a whole lot uh you know going out places or going to eat or do things like that even though those are those are luxuries and you know things i i, I do like to do um it it didn't really bother me to to uh to have that time and have that freedom and and uh i guess just made the best of it and then you know as 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 time went on and 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 things evolved obviously you know started learning more about it and and understanding more about it and and you know taking the protocols that that need to be taken to keep myself safe and and knock on wood i've i've kind of uh i'd like to say say i've escaped the thing and i'm i've gotten fully vaccinated and and hopefully, uh, I just continue to stay that way down the road. Yeah, yeah, I'm one shot away. I, I got mine about a month ago, so wait till August to get my second dose. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, and so musically speaking, it's a lot of things are on hold, and 
a lot of people are taking their albums apart again and like just redoing stuff and then putting them out like like knowing that oh this doesn't look to be like a real end date so then they'll end up putting something out in the middle of it on it on a different structure was that sort of what you guys were kind of looking at to do or was this always in the making um well when when it when the thing first started we uh we really dug in and we were uh we had had about five or six new songs already kind of in the in the works and and then once this got going you know guys were furloughed from work and and whatnot and had some downtime so so we just said you know what the hell we started going to the rehearsal studio and we started jamming and and i think we came up with about 16 17 new songs in the process and um and then we came up with this idea to do a little uh like an acoustic series and um we were going to take a few songs from each record and we thought like every you know so often every few months we were going to put out like these versions of our songs but done acoustically and done different which was uh you know it was kind of challenging because it was uh you know we write a lot of songs on acoustic on acoustic guitar to begin with but we don't play them that way we don't mm. use those you know those chords or everything's bar chord and distortion so when we started playing things clean um it was a real challenge i think for them to play but but certainly a challenge for me to sing because it, it wasn't like you know as fast as you can gasping for you know every breath you got to you know belt out a uh, you know a word it was you know stretching out these things and trying to sing and come up with you know the same melodies but but like stretch them out and really sing and get kind of airy with it i guess mm-hmm. and um and so we did that for uh i think we did like four or five songs and like four of them came out kind of cool we we started doing like this little video series uh you know like put together old flyers and pictures and like some talking in between and and made like this stuff and posted it on a youtube thing and and then uh someone showed interest in uh in wanting to maybe use them and and put out a record and and as you said earlier um you know like the re-releasing on vinyl with different colored variants and all this kind of stuff like we had a few records that hadn't been on vinyl so so that was done actually by a guy up in montreal and 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 and, um earlier in the year and then and then the 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 acoustic song idea kind of came came into play with this other guy in europe who said yeah i'd really be interested in putting these out and putting it out on vinyl on a 10 inch and we thought oh okay why not And, and so we did that and and um and hopefully we can continue it because it was kind of fun you know like it, it was different we we actually came up with the idea back in early 2000 i think before the punk rock acoustic thing was really saturated um but due to uh you know i'm sure if you've been around a recording studio you know that you can go in with a plan but time restraints and yeah. the way things work it's it's like you're still doing things on the fly in the studio and we just never really got around to doing the acoustic stuff we wanted to. So it was kind of cool to finally do it, you know, 20 some odd years later, um, you know, maybe a little late in the boat to, to, to what the public's, you know, used to hearing, but, but um, it was something we had always wanted to do. And, and so we finally did it. And I think, uh, I think we'll continue with the other few records, you know, with the other records we've done and, you know, have the few songs we have. And, and, and I don't know if it'll continue to be put out, but, <laughs> but at least we'll record them and, and we'll post them on YouTube or something. Well, yeah, the good thing about, I mean, music in general, I like the reimagined songs and they, they're not held with any real time constraints. It's like, we're just going to go until the song's finished. And, you know, there's a, there's an almost a nine minute long track in here. And that's, 
something that would be unspoken of in the the punk rock, speedy punk rock stuff. Because first of all, your drummer would die. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I can't play punk rock for nine minutes. That's why they're all about two and a half minutes long. Um, but you, the other thing is perspective, because you can kind of look at stuff and go, oh, I like that part of the music we do, and I like this part, and maybe one day can smash it together and make one grow off the other. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I think you know, during the process of, of doing it, it, it kind of opened our minds as far as future writing goes. And I know since we had done those acoustic songs, a few of the newer songs that we wrote for a, for a future upcoming release um, actually has some, some uh, you know, some, some riffs or some chords in it that we probably wouldn't generally use and, or, or, or do. So it did bring out a different side of, of creativity and, 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 and kind of made us aware of like, wow, well, why not push those boundaries and why not try something different in the punk rock world? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I've always said this: is punk rock doesn't need to be fast and aggressive. Punk rock can be anything. It's not what you wear; it's what you listen to. It's, I mean, now especially I'm 51 this year. There's no way I'm going to walk around with like you know, Doc Martens in a mohawk. You know what I mean? That's to me, it's just right. you need. There's a cutoff point. There's an end date of being rebellious, but you can still be rebellious, but thoughtfully rebellious in your own terms because. Nobody likes the guy at the back of the club who who's still that punk rocker who's like who hasn't really achieved anything. You know what I mean? Like we all grow as human beings, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I call it under your breath hate. You know, I think we all still have that. Um, you know, we, <laughs> oh we all still. Have... Oh my god, that's a great quote. Under your <laughs> breath st- hate. <laughs> we still have we we still all have that in us. Yeah, I you know. know? It's so um, funny, um, so brilliantly put though. But uh. But we don't, uh, you know, like you said, we don't outwardly show it. And, um, you know, you, you mature as, as a human and an individual. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with being at the back of the club. That's, that's where I want to stand. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. you know, that's where I enjoy listening to music. And, and uh, you know, hats off to the kids that are still showing the energy. I know, I know being on stage, it's, it's very gratifying to uh, have the people in the front row singing and, 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 and you know, putting forth their energy and, and, and moshing and stage diving and all that. And, and, and when you're, when you're a band, you feed off that. Um, but you know, at the same time, uh, almost a year ago in June, we did a drive-in mm. show and I didn't know what to expect. And it, it was actually one of the coolest things in the world because the fans were in a car, you know, maybe a hundred feet away from us all parked in their rows every 10 feet away. They were allowed to get out of the cars and sit in chairs and stuff. And, and it was just, it was, it was different because we had never experienced that before, but I thought, well, this is actually kind of cool because everybody's really listening. Yeah. And, and I don't think when you're at a real show, I don't think half the people are really listening, you know, when they're getting into it they're mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think back of myself, it's like, Mm-hmm. I pro- I probably wasn't listening, you know. I just I was just there for the energy, and and um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it was it was it was definitely uh, something different. But yeah, I mean, under your breath, hate. I have two kids in my get out of here. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> well, uh, I'm doing a podcast, guys. Get the go on, get them. Where's, where's your uh, where's the charger that I was having? It's right here. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Scott. Oh no worries, man. It's always Dad's fault. Where the hell is the charger? I don't know. Use the one in my my room. 
<sighs> First world problems. Can't find my Apple Watch charger. <laughs> That's under your breath hate right there. That was that was coming out of me and under. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, parking lot shows. I did one, but it was a different scenario. But I've worked a few too because the, where I work, we can't do in you know indoors shows, so we do outdoor shows. And one thing, there's one magic spot where the sun's just going down. And you've you've been to drive-in movies, right? Where you know, and the yeah. movie's kind of playing, and you kind of hear the mumblings of all the car stereos playing the movie when you're coming back from popcorn or something. I had the exact same feeling that I would have had um, had I been to a drive-in movie, you know, because it's it's quiet, and you're right, you can hear. And when you're on your radio, look, fidelity is way better when you're in your car. Like it's just so much better sounding, and uh, you know, and that was. With us, though, you can't, you, they wouldn't let anybody out of the car. So they had to sit in their car. But we did them in the fall. So it wasn't like a big deal. It, it is definitely, um, it is the big compromise, right? This whole, this whole thing is a big compromise. Everybody's compromising. And I got to, I'm afraid that when we start doing in person shows again, people are going to freak out. Like they're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, everybody's going to be 20 years younger. And, and, you know, so the 50 year olds will be in the front jumping off the stage and, and breaking their backs and stuff. <laughs> yeah it's possible i don't know if they're gonna have the energy for that <laughs> um so yeah so are you are you planning on do you have shows booked like is there a thing now because everybody's booking shows and then they're all getting canceled are you guys just waiting to start have you got a start date well early on um you know going back to last year there was a lot of things that were postponed we had a whole summer slew of stuff that was you know obviously postponed and everybody had hopes that it was going to be the fall of 2021. And, you know, I, maybe being, uh, I am an optimist, but, but maybe having a little bit of real, realist in me, I kind of thought, you know, this doesn't seem like it's, it's too global to seem like all of a sudden we're going to sweep it under the rug in like a month and all of a sudden things are going to change. Yeah. So I always had my doubts, but, and it used to bother me because like they would send us, uh, oh, hey, the, it's going to be postponed to September, a fall of 221. So we would repost that. And it was just, I felt like we we're, it was misadvertising, false advertising. Mm -hmm. And um, so we just kind of stopped doing that shit and, and, and said, you know what, let's just wait. And, and then as the months went on, reality set in, I think, for a lot of the promoters and, and a lot of the booking agents, and they realized, like, this isn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, so even, even the stuff that was tentatively on the books for, 2021 i still had my reservations like there's no way all of a sudden we're going into january of 2021 february of 2021 but we're going to play a full capacity gig in july yeah. it's just not going to happen we're not going to go we're not going to all of a sudden get on a plane and go tour europe it's not going to happen we're not going to get from country to country to country it's just not going to happen and and um so we kind of put a halt to advertising stuff um and most of our stuff got pushed back into 2022, which I feel is safe. And um, I think things here, at least, you know, in the States, uh, nothing, nothing nationally are we going to do. But I think we have some local stuff that's supposed to happen maybe as early as August, uh, late August. And then uh, we have some other stuff that could possibly happen in Western Canada, a handful of shows, uh, Victoria to Edmonton um like a four show swing there at some point in october which i think will be uh decided in july 
you know, the reality of whether it can happen or not. And then uh, we have something here, a festival, which I don't know if it's going to happen because it's a festival. And I just don't know if you can have a full capacity festival of thousands of people. It's going to be in November, but it's possible. I won't, I won't, you know, I won't say no to that until, uh, until we get closer. But for the most part, everything we're looking at is, you know, the stuff that I really feel good about is, 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 is next year. Yeah, definitely. And um, have you been sort of participating in the live streamed events? Because that's uh, that's going to be the way. Like if you play a medium sized or large club or even small theaters, that's going to be the way things are going now. People are going to be able to offset um, numbers by streaming. What are you? I mean, this is a real question. Like, what are your thoughts about the stream? Because I know a couple of years ago it would have been fuck that we're not doing it. But I think now people are starting to change. They're coming around a little bit. What's what's sort of your your outlook on it? Um, we we did one in June of last year, and and it actually we we pulled out six or seven songs that we're going to release live from that that, that actually oh, wow. came out pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, so it actually turned out to be pretty cool. Uh, it was very strange, um, you know, playing a gig uh, or you know playing live, I guess, and you know you're just playing to a camera, and and it different, definitely different. Um. I personally, I haven't watched any, and I know there's been a ton. Uh, ours was free. I'm, I'm not sure uh, where I stand when it comes to, I understand people need to charge for them. And there's, you know, those companies that where you, you know, you buy a ticket and whatnot. Um, and, and it's, and it's work and it's been a way for some bands to generate a little bit of income, uh, you know, and afford to be able to do the thing to begin with. And, and, and I, and I get that. Um, I think, I think down the road, you know, when I think back of like, a band like us, for an example, we're not what I would consider a full-time touring band. So we get messages from kids in Australia or South America and all these places that like never get to see us. So if we were to play a gig at a local club here somewhere in Hollywood or something, and it was live streamed and they did have the ability to be a part of it and watch, that might be kind of a cool thing. I mean, you know, I mean, as a, not necessarily to offset the, the the numbers or whatever, but just to like, like I said, we're not the band that's going to get to, you know, once a year, we're not going to be in Toronto. We're not going to be in Montreal. We're not going to, it's just, that's just the way it is reality for us at our age and our lives and our schedules and work and everything else. And we do as much as we can, but God, it would be really fun for a kid in Sydney, Australia to be able to watch a pulley gig if he wanted to, that yeah. was being live streamed at a local club. And, I think that that would be a great idea down the road if 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 it continues once once things break. Yeah, actually, if you look behind me, there's a little video switching system I've been putting together. Like, so it's four cameras, sets up, yeah. and it streams out. Like, I've I've done very minimal stuff with it, but it's something that I think you know, as a, I try to think as forward as possible. The trouble is, is that if it's shit, you know what I mean. You go watch YouTube videos of you guys playing from some guy's camera phone. Right, and it's a, it's not a true representation of you, your band. You're getting sort of a half baked um, presentation. Right, you can take that into live streams. You know, I mean, you can do something that looks and amazing and it sounds like shit, or you can have something that sounds amazing but looks like shit. It's like this nice has to be a package of things that people feel like they're a part of it. And I don't think anybody's invented that way yet. Like how to actually immerse themselves into it. Nothing short of everybody putting you know, virtual reality goggles on and being in the gig and sort of looking around. And right. I mean, I think that's where we're going, but 
for streaming, you know, when it when it comes to getting that full feeling of like I'm I'm part of this. Is that you know one thing about punk rock and indie music? It's like you gotta feel like I'm here with all my brothers and sisters. These people all think like me, you know. And how yeah. do you how do you recreate that? It, it is probably really tough. Maybe it's just a fantasy, and maybe it's just like for the diehard, you know, who gets yeah. to watch it live. But I've said to people many a times who who weren't even into punk rock, I, I've said like. Well, if you want to come see us play live, you got to come check it out live. I mean, if you want to see us come, if you want to see us play, you got to come live. Yeah. You got to be there and experience it because there's no different feeling. There's no way you can recreate the energy, uh, you know, from being there in person, whether you're on stage watching it or from the crowd watching it. Being a part of that that energy is 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 tough to create recreate. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, they're they're with with the way people have had to adapt and you know all they get is watching a band on an empty stage with an empty crowd playing the songs they enjoy listening to maybe if if somebody like i said maybe if there was 200 people at a show and 300 people at a show and some kid in you know spain wants to watch it yeah maybe that's the closest he'll get to it and, and, it'll, and it will recreate a little bit of something but but you know the audio and the video and the whole production has to be quality enough to to like make them enjoy it, you know. And and sometimes overload and, and internet speed and all that kind of affects everything. So yeah. and you know high tech cameras and 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 sound audio. It just you know it's a whole. It could turn into a shit show and not really be worth it. I guess. Yeah, there's a club in Toronto called the Elma Combo that has just reopened after being closed for almost twenty years or something. And uh, they put millions of dollars worth of uh, internet and streaming services. And because they know, well, I mean, the Rolling Stones played there. Elvis Costello played there. Like, they know that people will want to tune into their series and they'll probably gain more revenue from that than they would from people in the club. You know what I mean? And even though they can only fit, I think, 300 people in there, I think that's rammed tight, you know? And, yeah. uh, and that, that's, I mean, they're doing it and they're really spending this money and I hope they can stick it out because they kind of opened like three, four months before like December of 2019. Like, oh, so they didn't really get anybody in. The, it's probably got that new club smell still, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it works for them. That'll yeah. be a great thing. You, you know, what would be awesome is if they can find a way to sell you a drink and have it virtually brought to your house, you know, while you're watching this gig, it'd be great. It's funny you say that, because where I, I work at a theater and we're going to start streaming movies, and the package will be, if you're within a three-kilometer radius, we'll, we'll get a delivery. You get a delivery of popcorn. Oh, that's we'll awesome. drop popcorn. You know, yeah. it, you know it, that's sort of like a little, that's such a great marketing kind of fun. Like, that makes uh, you feel inclusive, too. Like, there's yeah, a knock on the door. Yeah, that's awesome. Here's some popcorn, you know. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I let's hear a song, like, cause I let's uh, let's hear a song. How much time you got? You got? You're okay for time? Yeah, I'm good for time. Okay, let's hear one shot. Now. And I won't be cool 
Oh, you know why they all these songs have like minutes added to the end of them? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is there hidden tracks I don't know about? No, there's like literally seven minutes. That's why I was saying these are long songs, but they're well, not. They're like the regular well, length song, like three minutes, and then it just cut. Up. I don't know. Well, there you go. <laughs> we got it. It might have just ended abruptly too, by the way. But uh, yeah, I haven't talked to Kurt in a long time. Um, he was in Montreal. I don't know if he moved somewhere else. I know he was there. I, you know, I'm friends with Padge. Yeah. And, and, and so I always ran into him, you know. And, Haven't you know, talked he's... to Padge in a lot. The time I saw Padge was, it's got to be almost 18 or 19, I mean, even 20 years ago when really? Foo, Foo Fighters played Arrow Hall in Toronto, and I saw him there. And I, that would have been color and shape. So that's like late, early 2000s, right? So yeah, this yeah, last time I wow. saw Padge. I haven't seen Padge in a long time. But I used yeah. to stay at Padge's place all of that, 2112 at his apartment for, oh yeah, oh, yeah all the time. Um, we all did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what a great place. <laughs> I recorded yeah. some music in that place, actually next door to it, and uh, we didn't have a place to put a guitar amp, so we put it in my van in the back alleyway. So oh we ran a, ran a long speaker cable, and we're recording some guitars. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the band, this band called Rise, actually, probably that's an early '90s band. You might they were on Cargo. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Man, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of years between you know being a kid and being an adult. And uh, do you do you find yeah. you know do you find it being? Yeah, I think I already kind of asked the question, but do you, do you, is there anything from that olden times that you you hung on to? Um. Yeah, all of it. To be honest yeah, with good. you, um, you know, my, my, my memory is pretty sharp. I, 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 I'm one of those people that tends to remember a lot. I can remember specific gigs. Uh, I definitely remember faces. I'm not so great with names all the time, but, um, you know, uh, it, it's just, it was such an impact in my life. 
that uh, there's just a lot there that I don't ever want to forget or let go of. And, and I still have, you know, trunks full of flyers and old stickers and just things that like, you know, when I, and it sounds corny, but like I can sit and go through and reminisce. And, and it's like, I remember specifically, you know, I was in ninth grade when I got this flyer at a show at Devonshire Downs when I saw Fear play with the Circle Jerks and, you know, just things that, you know, really mattered to me and kind of, I guess, like I said, once again, corny, but kind of shaped who I ended up being as a person in life. And, and, um, and uh, it's just, a, it, it just made such an impact that it's just something that I, I, I will not let go. And, and, I, and, and even though I might not be current with, you know, the bands that come out on a weekly basis nowadays, I still, I feel like my foundation and my roots in, in you know, in hardcore and punk are, are, uh, are always going to be there. And, and I'm 53, but, uh, you know, I can still snap with the best of them. My temper can go in a heartbeat. And, and, you know, I know that a lot of that, those violent thoughts, we all got into the thing, all got into the scene for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, there was something fucked up in our life at some point that attracted us to this particular genre of, of, uh, this connection of, of what we turned into. And, um, you know, and, and as though I'll, as I've grown and like I said, matured and everything else, it's like, it's still, it's still who I am in there. And I always say that, like, you know, I joke with people. It's like, I can jump from, from, from left to right and go, well, this is me now. And then this is the 15 year old Scott. And mm -hmm. it's still, it's still in there. And, and, and it's, uh, you know, it doesn't come out as often, but it's still there. And, and um, so, so yeah, I mean, all of it, <laughs> I, 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 you know, to, to answer your question in short, all of it. That's great. No, I'm glad to hear that because personally, I try to use the good parts of what what my youth was and try to suppress sort of the the anger part of it. I try to, and I, I know maybe it doesn't always succeed, but but there's a 50 year old person in this. There's a there's a 15 year old person in this body too, only yeah. that the 50 year old's body can't handle the 15 year old. You know what I mean? So I have to just you know, be more um, aware of the people around me in my situations. And that's, you know, I think that's, we all do that. We have our filters, our social filters become a little bit more tuned as, as we get older. Of course. And, and you know, that, that, that comes with maturity, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we all evolve as people and humans and, yeah. and uh, we mature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I, it was really, you know, it's good to meet you after all, like what, 30 something years. Uh, I think <laughs> 10 foot pole played the opera house with Lagwagon, and yes. you were singing at the time. Yes. And before you you moved off, and Dennis and I go back. We we did some touring together in the early two thousands. My band played with Ten Foot Pole in Europe a few times, like for like thirty days. So yeah, so there's like this nice long history of uh, you know, and you know, I'm glad I got to to meet you. And you know, please don't hesitate to uh, if you ever want to, you know, do something again. You got something else coming out. I would love to talk to you guys and talk to you. About Absolutely, it. cool, yeah. man. That's great. Thanks, man. Yeah. And that was Mr. Scott Rudinsky of the band Pulley, <clears throat> singer extraordinaire, baseball man. We never talked about baseball because I know nothing about baseball. I do know that you got to be drunk in the stands when you watch it. I do know that. And I do know that you got to be rowdy on a subway when you're taking the ride home from the baseball game. That's all I know about baseball. Stats and figures. And it, I just thought it would be un 
fair of me to say, hey, so you play baseball? And Scott would go, yeah, I did. And I would go, oh, that's great. And then we move on. <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into episode number 301. Uh, they're stacking up. I'm getting more episodes coming down the pike now. I, I got a, f- a good one coming up with this German band called Circus Rhapsody. And I have another one on deck with a, with a, with a very important tour manager in Canada. His name's uh, Wiggy, and it's it. I haven't done it yet, but maybe I'm jinxing it. This can happen in a couple of weeks. Okay, 301 episodes, eh? Here we are. Anyways, have a great week, and we will see you all again. Thank you for tuning in every week after week after week. Don't forget to su- subscribe and view on iTunes, and please don't forget to look at patreon.com slash to pledge some money, like two bucks, three bucks a month. It's nothing, man. It's nothing. It's nothing. 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 I'm stuck on nothing. I'm on a loop. Nothing. Wait, I got a, I got a better one. Nothing. I got a better one than that one. No. Nothing. I can't say it anymore. Have a great week. Bye.